Hey, have you heard about Anchor? You probably haven't heard about Anchor yet, so let me tell you about it. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. You probably hear other people talk about how they make podcasts. If they say it's easy, they're crazy. All of their methods are really hard and complicated, but Anchor, super simple. First off, it's free. They have creation tools that let you make the podcast right from your phone. You don't even need a computer. This is 2019. Who uses computers anymore? Anchor distributes your podcast on all the other platforms. No need to go do all that complicated searching and hosting and posting. Hosting and posting. They do it for you. You can also make money from your podcast. Well, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now because you're listening to this ad. They've got everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. No need to search around all over the place. No need to go to 20 different sites. Just one. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Bet you thought I was going to sing right here, didn't you? Are you looking for the hottest news out of the obstacle racing scene? Want to stay up to date on the freshest info, the latest podiums, and hear interviews with the who's who in OCR? Well, you've come to the wrong place. Well, some of that you'll find here. But we're not the media. This is not ORM, OCM, OCRM, ORCM. This is OCR Talk. Hey, 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 this is Jason Dupree. And I'm Anna Landry. This is episode number 17 of OCR Talk. How's it going, Anna? It's going. I just finished an eight and a half mile run, so I'm feeling fan-freaking-tastic. Nice. (laughs) You said that you ran two miles from your house to a group run and then two miles back after the run? Yeah. Yeah, we went two miles there, ran a 5K route, and then two miles back to my house. (laughs) That's the way to do it, man. Yeah. Well, we ran the two miles to the group run, and then we kind of just like waited for the rest of the group to start running. So we kind of had a little bit of rest in between, but not much. So yeah. And after the group run, my friend was like, you know, the longer we stand around and like hang out, the harder it's going to be to get started. (laughs) And yeah. we have two and a half miles to get back to your house, so <laughs> it's like, yeah, true that, true that. <laughs> I I actually didn't end up running or working out today because my arms were still killing me from the weekend, <laughs> so I let them rest up again. I can only bit. imagine why. I mean, I don't I don't know yeah. why. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it. <laughs> so yeah, we do have a pretty packed episode based off of just the weekend by itself a couple of other things to mention before we get into all that but conquer the gauntlet tulsa was a pretty epic event pretty epic weekend it was a pretty badass weekend it was i needed that ocr kind of weekend i really (laughs) did i really really did (laughs) what was the was battle the last one that you yeah like uh, a real good solid weekend yeah yeah, battle was probably the last good solid OCR weekend I had because that NTM mud mud run was more just for fun and you know just to see everybody after seeing them at battle. But yeah, it was a good weekend. I had fun. Cool. Let's do a question and then we got another we got another 
iTunes review to read. Yay. <laughs> and then, then we'll get into all the Conquer the Gauntlet fun. So I, I wanted to ask, how do you feel about running without a, like for myself, running without a shirt or for you running in just a sports bra or just the people in general that do that or don't do that? Or what are your thoughts on it? And then I guess what, how do, how do you go about that yourself? <laughs> well, I'll tell you how I go about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I'm running in just a sports bra, it means it's really freaking hot outside. <laughs> 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 and that's the God, God on his truth. Like, I, I was never one of those that just ran in a sports bra, even like before I had kids. But like, even, you know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of other women can, you know, relate to even though you may be a little bit more in shape, like even after you have kids, your body just changes and you just feel a little bit more like <laughs> self-conscious about things, you know, but oh my gosh, whenever <laughs> I'm hot, I don't care. I really don't care if you can see my stretch marks. I really don't <laughs> care because <laughs> I'm just freaking hot and I want to take off my shirt, <laughs> but that's how I approach it. I mean, uh, I mean, lots of, lots of women can rock it and more and, you know, props to them, but for me, anyway, I, I mean, I just, I get self-conscious. I'm, I'm getting a little bit more comfortable with it just because it's Louisiana <laughs> and it's summertime and, you know, I see other people doing it. So I'm like, eh, whatever. I don't really care. The heat kind of forces you to sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I guess like the older I get to, the more of a, I really don't care what you think of me attitude. <laughs> 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 you know, you start adopting that like. I really don't care. Like half the people that see me running on the street, I'm never going to run into. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, even though Lafayette's a really small town, I'm probably going <laughs> to run into them at some point. But, you know, who cares? Yeah. And for myself, I know if it is above 65, I'm probably going to run without a shirt on just because I feel <laughs> like I get so hot. Yeah. And I guess it's just my body temperature just gets hot easily. But yeah. I also know that that kind of stems from me being getting faster. Like right. when I ran a 10 minute mile, I didn't take my shirt off as much. I was probably a little more out of shape at the time as well. <laughs> so that contributed to it. But yeah. the faster I get, the the more my body temperature will go up more easily, you know, even yeah. in colder temperatures. And I would imagine that's what happens with pros too. Cause I mean, they're, you know, blazing with their speeds. So I can only imagine that their temperatures are getting up even more. So Definitely. I believe, you know, seeing, I think it was the, one of the first OCR world championships, Ryan Atkins running in long tights in his mm -hmm. uh, pants pulling out gloves even at points because <laughs> it was cold enough, but still running without a shirt on. Right. And it's like, <laughs> I, I, once I started to get a little bit more speed on me, I got it. I understood yeah. why he did that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and as far as confidence goes, it definitely helps when you're, you know, the more in shape you are, the easier it is to be like, oh yeah, right. let me walk around and know that I don't feel bad about it. But <laughs> I think that's a important thing too. And I know Matt B. Davis has mentioned it recently in that, even though he doesn't necessarily feel like he's like the most in shape person in the world, he does have to kind of get over that. Well, who, who gives a crap? If I go out to these races and I enjoy doing it this way, nobody, you, you might think people are out there judging you, but they're not. Yeah. There might be some people judging you, but that's yeah. just people are people. But <laughs> yeah. for the most part, most people see you out there and they're like, man, look at that guy go. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's all about how you carry yourself too sometimes. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm like I said, I'm getting, I'm getting a little bit more comfortable with it, but also Matt B. Davis also lives in the South. So (laughs) (laughs) it gets just as stupid hot in Georgia (laughs) as it does down here in Louisiana and Texas. And if you don't feel as comfortable with your with your shirt off, that's okay. Yeah. But if it is impeding your your performance and you're getting extra hot, you know, take that sucker off. Don't let yeah. Don't let your confidence get in the way, or your say lack of confidence get in the way. Just do what feel what is best for you. That and you can totally work on your tan. That's true. <laughs> I got complimented on my tan tonight on my run. <laughs> so, some random guy that almost ran us over on the sidewalk on his bike yelled out, hey, down the middle, because he was coming down the middle between me and my friend that were running. And he rode by and he was like, hey, nice tan, by the way. I'm like, that's oh, cool. <laughs> so random. That's a funny thing to shout at somebody. I know, about. right? I've never heard that before. <laughs> Daniel, you know, he's kind of a, a little bit of a, he got, he's got a lot of freckles. He's kind of a yeah. tall guy. <laughs> He, uh, this weekend we were racing and he was changing after the race was oh, over yeah. and he said, before he took his shirt off, he said, prepare to be blinded. Prepare to be blinded by the whiteness. <laughs> oh, I love him. <laughs> he's just got a lot of freckles, but he's a ginger, so he has an excuse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I realized after, well, I didn't realize Scott Knowles sent me a message after we released the last episode and said that SGA Spartan was him. So the last episode where we read that review, mm-hmm. that was him leaving that review for us. So uh, Scott Knowles from the I Am A Spartan podcast. Real sweet of him. Thanks, Scott. But we did have one more. I found this review because Mike Stefano from the Obstacle Running Adventures podcast told me about a cool website where you put in, you sign up and you put in your, uh, your podcast and it sends you a report every like once a month, letting you know if you had any reviews on, I think, I think just iTunes for the free account, but also other sites if you have a paid account. So maybe if you want to check from Stitcher and other places. So that's how I found this one. This was a pretty, pretty cool review because it was very detailed I think and uh, I liked it so anyway it was titled awesome OCR podcast they gave us five golden stars and it was from some body named buzzy buzzy in like buzzy with an ing on the end or not an ing buzzy ng okay which is funny because we had a, a a buzzy b before we did so I don't know if they're related who knows? Or they're both busy bees? Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they said, <laughs> I switched to Android many years ago, but came back to my old iTunes account just so I could log a review. I have about 35 podcasts that I subscribe on various topics and about eight or so on OCR. The intro, the first time I heard it, had me rolling and they had my attention, which that part right there made me very happy in itself. I love the format of the show, and they complement each other nicely. One of the greatest attributes of the podcast is the sound quality. Thanks so much. Yay. There are other larger podcasts in this space that aren't as serious on the sound, but in my opinion, these guys generic, generic, generically? Generically? I think they're maybe trying to say generally. Generally? (laughs) Generally speaking, Anna, smiley face, have it (laughs) dialed. Keep it up, and hopefully one day... 
we'll be able to connect. Keep up the great work. It makes me think I know this person. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Who are you? <laughs> was it you? No, it was not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for the great, fantastic view. I mean, that was stupendous. Made yeah. me feel all kinds of happy. Making you feel all warm and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Just recently, just what, Monday announced that the OCR World Championships is going to be actually televised. Now, I think it's mostly going to be like European mm -hmm. television channels. I don't know if it's going to be televised. I didn't see anything about U.S. television. Did you? I did not, no. But it, I saw that it, it is going to be televised internationally. So that's going to be cool. That is really cool. You know, we've seen some of the other European race series do some really good stuff as far as broadcasting goes. And so hopefully that's what's happening here is that they're bringing that to the OCR World Championships, and that'll be really awesome. Now, if we can't get it in the United States, I there are plenty of sites out there where you can stream European television. Yes. So that's probably what I'll do to look for it because I know like Sky Sports is one that's pretty easy to find. Yeah. It's going to be on the internet somewhere. Yeah. Just Google it. If I find it, I'll probably post it, I'm sure. Yeah. If you can find it, find a link to it. Either post it post it on our Facebook page or something, or just Google it. Conquered a Gauntlet this past weekend had the regular race on Saturday, and then also the team race on Sunday, and also Evan Preparis running Endure the Gauntlet all weekend, all 48 hours of the weekend. All throughout the weekend. Starting Friday at 11... Or so, 11.30 maybe a.m. And then mm -hmm. finishing up at, during the team race, which was pretty insane. Yeah, he did his last two laps, I think, during the team race. Last lap or so. Last last lap, for, yeah. I'm pretty sure. For sure. So where where should we start? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, well, let's start with individual race. Okay. How'd that go? So the 4.3 miles, this is the, the Tulsa race, even though it's in Oklahoma, people typically think Oklahoma is being very flat. This is the highest point in Tulsa, Tulsa County is what it was. Mm -hmm. Holmes Peak. Yeah. So it's not, it's not quite the Ozarks that do spill over into the Southeast part of Oklahoma, but it is some pretty good hilly terrains. I think it was about, I feel like I saw somebody say about 400 feet per lap. Yeah, I I saw varying degrees of elevation gain uh, anywhere from like five to 600 all the way up to 1200. So, oh, yeah. So nothing, <laughs> nothing crazy, but when you get to the top of that hill, I mean, there are definitely plenty of parts on that landscape where you can see pretty much the entire city. I mean, you can see oh, downtown yeah. for sure. It was gorgeous up there. Yeah, some really cool views and very rocky terrain. So really tricky and technical and you really got to watch your footing. Yes. But really pretty and fun. Not as fun to run because you got to watch your <laughs> footing right. so much. But but uh, but it does make for a really good course for sure. They utilize those hills well and put a, the obstacles like on top of the hills so you can see them off in the distance. Yeah. And then when you're up there, you can see everything. I was going to say they did place those obstacles very well. Because mm -hmm. they didn't place them to where, you know, it was tricky to find or get to or, you know, they placed those obstacles very well. How did you feel running on that terrain? Because I know you were going at a pretty good clip, but that that park that you usually run, it's got some pretty good hills too, right? 
Yeah, it does. And I try, because I'm not that great at going uphill, I do try to go downhill as fast as I can and really let the gravity take me. Right. So it's really tricky on this course to, I mean, you really got to watch your footing. And I mean, there. I, I feel like walking, I'm more likely to twist my ankle than I am running those, those hills. Right. <laughs> For whatever reason, like walking with Evan, I feel like there's multiple times where I almost rolled my ankle. But, <laughs> but you also did that at night. Right. <laughs> and running, I'm probably being more careful and watching, but those rocks will sneak up on you. They're all like under grass. Yeah, they were kind of sneaky. They, you'd have to watch your footing because some of those rocks would kind of sneak out from under the grass at some points if you're, you weren't paying attention or if you were going too fast or something like that and you weren't paying attention to where your feet were landing. The individual race really turned out to be an interesting one because mainly because of the rig that they had. I mean, there was a couple reasons, but the the rig I think was the biggest factor. And their rig, the the Tarzan swing, is always one of the hardest rigs out there. And when you look at it in comparison to a typical platinum rig, you might not think so because the platinum rigs, you know, they really throw in all kinds of stuff in those. You got rings, monkey bars, low monkey bars, ropes, bars, T-bars, square tubes, a little bit of everything usually. And Tarzan swing, you might have five, six holds at the most. But that's the thing, I think, is that they're just spread so far apart in comparison to a lot of other races. And they're usually really trickier holds. So whereas another race, you might see a tricky hold and say, oh, I'll just bypass that one. You mm-hmm. can't do that here. Yeah. You pretty much got to take every hold they have. And it's usually they'll throw in a bowling pin, maybe a straight pipe, a small ball. You know, they'll have some tricky stuff in there. And they'll get you if you grab the rope above it, you know, the strap above it. Because they don't, for safety, they don't want to get you to get your fingers stuck in those carabiners. Yeah, that would be terrible. Also, they want you to use the holds as they're intended. Right. This one had on the guys let's start with the girl side (laughs) it had a ring to a a cone Mm -hmm. which it was a a, you know a a right side up cone so it's not not terrible but after that was a some a group of bungees which those bungees are pretty tough as is Mm -hmm. because you grab those and they stretch after that was a straight pipe like a, Mm -hmm. a vertical pipe and then the last thing was about a six inch PVC pipe yeah, that you had to traverse and PVC uh, anybody knows is pretty a pretty slick material so that was not an easy pipe to hang on to and the fact that you couldn't just wrap your hand all the way around it you Mm -hmm. really had to use both hands and maybe even kind of overreach on it a little bit Mm -hmm. those things are tough to grab onto what I saw most of the girls doing is that swinging from the straight pipe and then as soon as they could get their hand onto like the vertical part of the PVC pipe if they could get a good hold on that they were able to kind of swing off that straight pipe onto the PVC pipe and just wrap their arms around that pipe and just kind of chicken wing it across and most of the girls that I saw completing that did just that yeah and that's that's what I'm saying is that it's so thick that chicken winging it is almost easier than just grabbing it with your hands right so now the girls had i think being able to swing from that 
straight pipe to the PVC. Yeah. And and when I say PVC, it's actually in a U shape. So you've got a, a vertical piece, a probably three to four foot horizontal piece, and then another vertical piece at the end. So mm-hmm. it makes like a U shape. It was just hanging from rope uh, going through the pipe. So it kind of shifted a little bit as well. Yeah. That was tricky enough as is. And then the guy's side was a ring to a kind of a, a T-bar grip to a floating board, which is a kind of like a ninja board where you have to grab both sides or else it'll flip on you because it's suspended from the middle. Yeah. So you have to jump off with the T-bar with both hands and go for it with both hands. There's no grabbing it, you know, reaching out and grabbing it with one hand. Right. And then you got to swing from that floating board to that same PVC pipe. And again, that's the problem here is you have to jump with both hands and really go for it. There is no just let me reach out and then make sure I get the grip before I go. Yeah. (laughs) The guys had it so much worse than the girls. (laughs) That got so many people. It really did. I was, you know, I'm not the fastest runner, so I definitely was not in the forefront of the pack when people started getting there. Mm -hmm. And I know the, you know, the guys that were in front, Bryce and Jay and like Benny and Vic, Mm -hmm. those guys all got there kind of one after the other. And then in our live stream, you can even see when you were streaming that people just slowly started trickling in and making a line. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. If you saw our live stream, whenever I was live streaming the rig that morning, Victor and Benny, I can't remember who came in first. I think it was Benny that came in first and Victor came in behind him. But Victor and Benny both got to the rig at about the same time and they both tried and Benny was just so tall that like (laughs) his feet were just dragging in the water and he failed it several times. And so Victor and Benny were there for a good 30 minutes and then um, Bryce came in a little bit after them, maybe like fourth. Because I think there was some someone in between in between Victor and Benny getting there and then Bryce got there. But Bryce went through and then he just got he he went through on his first try. So he was gone after that. Bryce. Yeah. And Victor and Benny were both there still doing it and still trying. And then Jay also made it through on his first try. Right. Uh huh. Jay also made it through on his first try whenever he came through. So yeah, it was the more people that got there at that rig, the longer the line got. And like Benny was trying to do everything to dry off his body. He was like rolling around in the grass, trying to dry off his arms and his shoulders and everything. And yeah, I got a picture of uh, Daniel coming into that obstacle and Benny's like rubbing his shoulder and like laying down in the grass, trying to trying to dry himself off so that he could try it again. But yeah, it, it took him a good while to, to finish that obstacle. Yeah, it was crazy to see because, that, like I said, as I came up, they were already uh, had lines formed. But after looking at the live stream later, you see those first couple guys come through. Benny, even though they put their rigs pretty high, it's not like their rigs are low rigs. Yeah. Benny's feet were still yeah. in the water. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he's not a short guy either. He's, he's, not, he's not short yeah. by any means, but still like... His feet were just dragging in the water. You know, him and Vic didn't make it across. Uh, several other people were trying. I feel like when I got there, I was already probably about five people deep in the line. So I had to wait myself. When I went, 
I made it through my first try as well, which probably, you know, making it through Pegatron is, is amazing, yeah. but that was one of the best feelings right there <laughs> ever to know, not, not to say, oh, I beat Benny and Vic through the thing, but to have done it right in front of them and them get to see me right. and just be like, wow, that, that's <laughs> awesome. I got to, got to do that with those guys watching. Yeah. Like I felt proud not to have beat them, but to just have accomplished it in front of them. Right. It was really cool. Yeah. Made it through that thing and continued on. And oddly, I felt like my, my breakfast was just, I just didn't do a good job of eating that morning. And I'll explain why later. But I felt like for the rest of the race, my energy slowly, slowly drained. And by the time I did get to Pegatron, which is what which was at the very end of the race. And that's the first time I've ever seen it at the very end. And it was over water. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Double, uh, double trouble there. <laughs> and so it, it gave me, gave me a tough time. I've, if I go into Pegatron strong, I can do it, but I just did not feel strong at all. And it's really struggled for about half an hour before I finally started changing my technique and doing the, the swing in motion and finally got through it that way. So even with staying there a half an hour, so like Bryce came through about 45 minutes Jay came through maybe 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. I finished at an hour and 55 minutes, and I was seventh place in the males. That's crazy. <laughs> but that's the kind of crazy stuff that can happen at that race because it's yeah. mandatory obstacle completion. And I thought it was uh, it was just so evil of them. But it's so, I mean, <laughs> for them to put Pegatron at the end of the race like that, you know, and I said this whenever we were out there, you know, you go all throughout that course and you make it through the rig and you make it through all the other obstacles and you still have your belt and you make it to Pegatron of all obstacles and you still have your belt and the finish line is literally like 10 feet in front of you, (laughs) you know, and you're like, oh, crap, I still have my belt. (laughs) Oh, and it was right after Torpedo, which throws you into the water. So you have to deal with and and that phenomenal to those guys i'm sure I, I didn't see jay do it on video but i saw bryce and they went straight to it without drying their hands off and that is even more impressive that's crazy that's just wow i had a pretty good technique for drying my hands i got in that dirt pile <laughs> and that and just rubbed dirt all over my hands and it actually uh, absorbs all that that moisture really well and once i got them dry then i'd rub my hands in the, the grass to get all the dirt off yeah that dirt was like silty. It was like clay almost. Like I felt I felt like it was it just dried funny, you know? Yeah, and so I was there, you know, trying a lot and then seeing the girls and it's like maybe only one or two of them have made it through already and then you seeing those other girls knowing that they're fighting for that last position. Yeah. And trying over and over. Man, it's it's crazy. Oh, and there's no block for the girls this time yeah, since it was over water. water. Because usually in the past, they have a block at least halfway, maybe a little further than halfway yeah. for them to rest on. Not this time. Nothing. Nada. <laughs> it's either water or nothing. <laughs> either water or you finish it. Yeah. And we've talked about this a lot is that Conqueror Gauntlet, that's what they, you know, that's their shtick is that they're going to make this the hardest race they can possibly make. And that's what they did. Yeah. They they upped it for sure. Man, Chris Ruglowski freaking killed it for the women. Like she was in first place and she started late. 
she started late, like at the back of the elite pack because she really? she almost missed her heat. Yeah, I was talking to oh, wow. I was talking to <laughs> I was talking to her boyfriend while I was live streaming, and he was like, "Yeah, she thought she went off at eight fifteen, but it, <laughs> it was eight. <laughs> so she started at the back of the pack, and like she came through the rig first for the women, Jeez. and she got to she got to the end um, ahead of all the other women, but Pegatron got her, and she tried. For like an hour. Oh my gosh. That girl had like no quit in her. <laughs> but eventually she she ripped her hands on Pegatron, so she had to she had to give up her oh, belt. Man. But I have well. no doubt in my mind that she'll come back to that race and she'll like kill it the next time. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Other than that, during the individual race, uh when I finally got done, I got to take out my my phone and my my new gimbal and go do some live streaming myself, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, I actually ended up walking most of the course and showing off all the obstacles. So not only did we do some live streaming later during the team race, but basically showed off pretty much every obstacle they have and spent a good, I don't know, two and a half hours or so mm-hmm. doing that. It was fun. That was a lot of fun. Well, so how did your walk with Evan go? Because at that point he was walking, right? Whenever you were still going with it, whenever you went with him, or was he still running a little bit at that point? Evan, so before we get into the team race, Evan prepares from Strength and Speed podcast. He did this big grand endure the gauntlet. He wanted to do basically a 48 hour race at a, you know, at some race. So I think he said he even reached out to like Tough Mudder to try and do it at one of theirs, mm-hmm. but ended up coming to conquer the gauntlet and doing it there and doing endure the gauntlet. I mean, this is the tough, one of the toughest races out there. So not only was he doing an insane amount of time, but just doing a crazy amount of hard, hard obstacles. So from what I heard, he was, you know, killing it through the first three laps because he's, you know, bad news dude. And then, as the heat got to him during the day, it just really started to wear him down. Yeah. So we got there on Friday night, probably about, we actually went to the dinner beforehand. So we probably got out there about eight 30 and started setting up camp and uh, getting ready to, to run with him. And there were a couple of other guys there. So he had some company throughout some of that. And then when we finally decided, uh, I think it was about 10 o'clock or so, Kevin Harkins did a lap with him. And then when he came back, I went out, on a lap with them with two other guys, Jason Rulo and Daniel Leonard. And so I did one lap with them filming. So if anybody hasn't seen it yet, we posted it on the OCR talk page and I know Evans shared it. Uh, we made a video showing those guys doing that stuff at night. So all you see is headlamp flashes here and there, <laughs> but, but the video came out, turned out to be pretty decent. I, I filmed it on my phone and edited it the next day on my phone. So for, the tools that I had at hand, I felt pretty good about it, but I did one lap with them, just walking, just filming. And then the second lap I did the obstacles with them. And at this point he was, his hands were already tore up, but he had wrapped them and he was still doing the obstacles, which was extremely impressive. I mean, he had already done, I mean, this is 12 hours in, you know, he had already done eight, nine laps, I guess. So when I did that lap with them, we didn't, we didn't run a ton just because Evan was, you know, wore out and just trying to make sure he could keep going. 
So it was a, a good bit of walking, but you know, a good a good brisk pace. And doing the obstacles in the dark was fun. Uh, a lot of spider webs that we were dodging, but getting to see the the skyline and the the lights of the city off the hills was was really cool. You know, running with a headlamp it's always it's a good experience for good training for world's toughest motor. But we had a good time. I mean, I I enjoyed it. I, I, it was my first time to really get to spend some time with Devin. Like I've, you know, introduced myself to him at a race before, but actually getting to to walk and chat with him made a couple of Ryan Woods jokes, <laughs> uh, which he seemed uh, you know good spirits about. Like it didn't it didn't bother him or anything. <laughs> yeah, which he actually I think he brought up how apparently Ryan Woods and Ryan Kent got into it online recently. Oh jeez. <laughs> going back and forth at each other which is a uh, kind of comical uh, uh, saying uh, will hicks should get them online and, uh, <laughs> and do a do a round two ryan woods round two <laughs> will hicks can become the uh the ocr therapist of the world or whatever <laughs> hey we'll have ryan kent and ryan woods on the show and let them just like have it out <laughs> sure if you guys if you guys want to do that, Ryan Woods, Ryan Kent, let Let's us know. Set that up. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll house that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. So yeah, it was fun. It was uh, the weather was like real windy, but it only got down to about seventy five degrees, so it actually felt really nice the, the whole time. Like just enough to be running without a shirt on, without uh, you know only sweating a little yeah. bit. So it was pretty cool. I can only imagine doing some of those obstacles at night. But you said some of them weren't open, right? Because like they didn't have water underneath some of the obstacles yet. I think the only one that we didn't do was Pegatron okay. because the water in that ditch was only about shin deep at that time. So, you know, didn't want to risk safety. But <laughs> I, I I did get to do the rig that night and I tried it and got all the way to that pipe. And when I, you know, jumped to that pvc pipe at the end i did slip so i had one practice try before the individual race the next day so i know that definitely helped me for sure because i knew going into it it's like when you jump on that thing you gotta squeeze with all your might and grab as hard as you possibly can so that's what i did and it it worked nice but i I knew going into it i was like if i some strange how end up in podium placement i'm gonna have to tell them that i got the you know i got the run run it the night before because i think they have rules against you know people getting to run the course before because they used to have bill crew that would run the races too and they kind of cut that out yeah which that's understandable i mean it's good it's good to go out there and like help out the race directors and the race people set up the course and everything it's good to volunteer and do that but yeah it does kind of give you an advantage over the other racers who you know, may not have the luxury of living as close or having the time to volunteer and do that. Well, even getting to see them ahead of time, I think is one thing Mm -hmm. because before a race, a lot of times you can go out on the course and, you know, go run over to the obstacles and look at them. Right. But when you do have the opportunity to actually try them, of course, that is a a little bit of getting that practice, practice definitely makes a difference. Yeah. Which I mean, I almost kind of wonder how Spartan gets away with it because you know how they have the open houses before some of their races. Well, with Spartan, they're, I mean, they are standardized enough that you've done those obstacles 20, 20 times if you're a pro. True. So 20,000 times. True. <laughs> so it's, pro, it's, I don't think it's as big of a deal there. That's a good point. But whenever Conquer the Gauntlet, 
their rig could be different every single time. I mean, they've even had races where they covered it up beforehand, so it would be a complete secret to everybody. (laughs) Now, that's a good idea. When I ran those two, or when I went on those two laps, by the time I was done, it was about 3.30. And I went to sleep after that and woke up about 6.30. So I had about three hours of sleep before before the individual race. (laughs) So that's kind of part of, I think I just didn't eat enough that morning, kind of got up a little later than I wanted to. Yeah. And I think that attributed to my, my lack of energy at the end, but that's what happened. And that's what caused me to, you know, that's my own fault for not getting up early enough. But Hey, that's good training for world's toughest. You're not going to be completely fresh and have a good night's sleep and you know, all that. Right. (laughs) Well, that was kind of my point in the weekend. I did not think for a second, man, there's going to be this one obstacle that I'm going to be able to get past and everybody else is going to fail. Right. I I mean, I really expected to go out there with the intention of training because, yeah, I was going to run a lap the night before, run the individual race, run a lap the next night, run the team race. And so I did end up doing four laps over the course of the weekend, but I, I did two the night, you know, first night and didn't run the second night. Evan did ha- end up having plenty of people running with him that night and I was wore out, so (laughs) I ended up resting. But it was really cool when we, you know, when we went to bed and got up, it was probably about 6.30 or so, and there had been a group of about 10 people that came and met him for his 3 o'clock lap, I guess. Oh, good. Yeah, so he had a pretty big crew at the very end of that night, which that's always, you know, one of the hardest times is that time frame from 2 to about 5.30 or 6. Mm -hmm before the sun starts to come up at all, that's when it's the hardest for sure. Yeah. So it was awesome to see them come out of the woods with uh, with that big crowd. That's cool. I wish I really could have gone, gone back. Well, go ahead yeah. and explain. <laughs> explain. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was there. Yeah, I was out there in the afternoon and I totally had planned on running with him or walking with him anyway, like maybe four, maybe five o'clock in the afternoon. I had already got started getting sick on the drive down up there. And if you watch the live stream from our team race, you can hear me <laughs> snotting in the background the whole time. <laughs> Whenever I heard like he was going to wait until the sun went down, I was like, oh, man, I'm feeling yeah, like. Yeah, so Evan did take a break from about two till maybe close to seven. It, it was once the sun finally started to get to where it wasn't just blazing fire on us yeah yeah because it was hot on saturday it was at least 95 degrees and the last lap he did that day his temperature his core temperature started just like going crazy and and rising so for safety purposes he he did stop and rest for a little bit which i'm glad i'm totally glad he did i was out there and i and he had decided to wait until the sun went down to do another lap and it was like four o'clock whenever I was out there and I was like, oh man, I feel like walking death. <laughs> like <laughs> I felt like I had like walking pneumonia. <laughs> like I just felt congested and everything like that. But I went back to my Airbnb and I was like, oh, I'll set my alarm and I'll come back like around seven because our, our place was only about 15 minutes away from the venue. So I was like, yeah, no big deal. I'll just set my alarm and then just like come back whenever, you know, it gets a little darker. Well, then Benadryl happened, <laughs> and I'm kind of a lightweight whenever it comes to medicines anyway, so, like, I was still feeling the Benadryl from the night before, and just, like, not feeling good in general, uh, and then, like, being out in the heat all day, like, it just took everything out of me, and I was just, 
I was feeling like crap. So, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you stayed in and got some rest and it was, it was much needed. And, you know, Evan had some people with him, so it's not like you were leaving them out the dryer. Right. He, he, it was, it was all good. And, and you got what you, you did what you needed for yourself. And that that's important. Yeah. Which it, it ate at me. Oh my gosh. It ate at me all night. You can ask <laughs> Daniel, like, I'm like, man, I signed up for something and I didn't follow through. It just like, uh, it bugged the crap out of me just, just for that reason. I was like, I don't care if I was sick. What if I'm sick during world's toughest murder? <laughs> like, you know, all those things start running through my mind, but yeah, you're, you're, I mean, you're right. Like I, I had to take time and rest and, you know, I went and saw my doctor yesterday and he was finally like, yeah, you need a Z pack. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Well, did you get your, your shirt and your medal? I didn't. I Because, like, I don't well, feel good, like I earned it. Well, good, because you didn't earn it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't earn it. So that's why I didn't get it. I, like, I would have felt so shamed going up there and be like, so can I have my shirt and my medal? <laughs> uh, I'm teasing, but that is funny. <laughs> <laughs> it all went to a good cause. That's what I, I was yeah, like. Yeah, your, your money did go to the charity. It, it all went to a good cause. He was able to raise like over $3,000 for Folds of Honor. And I donated a little, I, I did the little raffle with his dad and I got like two Fit Aid drinks. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I really wish I could have been out there and and just like spent time with him out on the course. But, you know. So, the you know, the team race happened and you came back and waited around in the, in the heat for a while. <laughs> and then you went back and rested and we ended up, passing out and yeah. Evan kept on going through the night and then the next morning he got in I think about 6 30 or 7 and then ended up resting until the team race started because he wanted to he was gonna run with a team but he was so blasted at that point he decided to drop out and still do that last lap but not part of the team because he, he you know he was going slow and would have held him back I think yeah Somebody stepped in and took their team place, and, and uh, they got to do that. So while we were out on the course for the team race doing the obstacles, he would pass us up because he was just moving through while we're digging through the dirt trying to find a bucket <laughs> buried in the ground. And he's just looking back at us like, yeah, suckers. <laughs> <laughs> so he would pass us, and we would pass him, and he'd pass us, and we'd pass him. So the team race was really awesome. We had myself, you, Daniel, Daniel Britt and Kevin Harkins and we were team I think I signed us up as team K-A-J-B J maybe J-D I don't remember how I spelled it out but it was just our first initials and then you said well it should have been J-A-K-B and which would have team jacked J uh, yeah J-A-K-D which would have spelled jack which would have been awesome I don't know why I didn't think of that <laughs> But we ended up just putting on OCR Talk stickers and all being Team OCR Talk. Because it's way cooler. Yeah. <laughs> so I decided, because I had so much fun with that gimbal walk, running around doing the live stream, I decided I decided actually at the behest of my wife, April, because she said, she just threw it out there. It was like, are you going to live stream during a team race so I can, so I can watch y'all? And I was like, no, but... Wait a minute, that actually sounds That's like a, a great like idea. Fun. Yeah, so that gimbal comes with a great little tripod that makes it pretty portable, but still having something to stand it up on. So I decided to do it and brought it with us through the entire race and ended up being a blast. Like because of the camera, we were talking and commentating the whole time and, and cutting up 
like we would have been doing that anyways, yeah. but we were doing it even more so, I think, yeah. for the camera. So we were showing what we were doing team obstacle wise. We were showing off what some of the other teams that we did see were doing, and it was it was a blast. That was so much fun. That was so much fun running around with that thing. Yeah, <laughs> like you, you don't. I don't. I, I never thought like I would know what to say, but I'm like, I'm just gonna <laughs> run along and say whatever comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> The wind was blowing so hard, oh, some of yeah. it was hard to hear. But yeah. for the most part, if you were carrying it, you were pretty easy to easy to hear. Yeah. Now, the the race itself, you know, we we I was carrying this thing, thinking we're not in contention to win, anyways. Let's have fun. Yeah. I was stopping at every obstacle to make sure I set the tripod yeah. down and then run back to grab it and then go on from there. So we really just and went out there to enjoy it, and, and we really did. Yeah. My second year doing the team race with Concord Gauntlet, and they put on an excellent team race once again in having the core obstacles, but also throwing in several team obstacles where you really have to work together. I think we can talk about those individual obstacles, mm -hmm. but for the most part, like all the regular obstacles, you might have to carry something through it, which is part of the team obstacles we'll talk about, but... The the main change that they have is the, the the hardest obstacles, they made it to where only one person had to make it through. So Stairway to Heaven, Pegatron, The Rig, and I think just those three, even though we thought it was Cliffhanger 2. I don't think it was Cliffhanger. So just those three, only one person had to do. The rest of them, everybody had to complete. I think Cliff... Well... No, maybe. Well, y'all thought that, but I don't yeah. think that was the case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which it didn't matter. We, That's mean, all right. we weren't winning it. Uh, yeah. We were just kind of doing it for fun. So the team obstacles, though, do you remember what the first one was? Um, I think the first one that we came to was the bucket. So right before the bucket was the Great Wall. And since it's so high, of course, we, we were working together to get over that. So but right after the 12-foot wall, they had ropes sticking out of the ground with a color on it. Now, every team had gotten a bandana, four bandanas of a particular color. We got brown because Victor Quesada picked brown and decided he didn't like the way it looked and put it back in the, the back. And I think we were the last one to get our color. So that was all that was left. And it was brown. So it blended in with all the dirt. And all. Well, of course, yeah. it being brown, you hear people saying, that's doo-doo brown and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, the, the rope sticking out of the ground's got brown on it. It's just like, is that the dirt? Is that the thing? Or anyway, so you start digging where the rope goes into the ground, and that rope is tied to a bucket that's buried in the ground. So you have to dig it out. And it was tough. God, our bucket was buried. Like it was. Well, there, you know, there was a backup at the great wall. So by the time we did get over the, the front runners, they were already getting their bucket out of the ground and heading on, but they had, yeah. they had some time because we were still climbing, yeah. but yeah, it, it was buried in there pretty good. So they said, take that bucket and carry it all the way to Tarzan swing. And that's where you can open it. Yeah. And, between there here and there there was a couple of obstacles so like elephant graveyard we had to work together to get that bucket through the obstacle because you couldn't just like pass bypass it you had to take it with yeah, you Yeah, you couldn't just put it down go through the obstacle and then pick it back up you had to carry yeah it. so it ended up making these regular obstacles more of a team obstacle anyways yeah which was really cool 
Yeah, because we all had to take. Well, y'all had to take your turn with the bucket. <laughs> well, you you filmed. For yeah, us, I was so filming. Was <laughs> <laughs> Walking through Elephant Graveyard with only one hand in play it was tough by yeah itself, that was right? tricky i was like at the end i can't remember who it was it was either kevin or daniel that were they were like why didn't you just put it on the tripod over there <laughs> before you went through i'm like i don't know you know i never really thought about that so we got through all that and then we made it up to the tarzan swing and from there you open your bucket which we had to work together to pry that thing open yeah and inside of there was a bunch of dirt and then a little piece of paper with a clue on it for later. Now, right after that was a, what do you call that? Slingshot. A giant slingshot. Yeah. yeah. One of those big rubber band, like multi-person slingshots where two people hold the end and then the other person, like a, a balloon, a water balloon launcher. Yeah. And you had to take that and shoot tennis balls to hit a target off in the distance. This particular race, for whatever reason, they only had one of those set up. So each team got three shots. And if you missed, you had to go back to the back of the line. And I think it took us, what, three rounds yeah. before we finally got yeah, it? Yeah, I think it took us like three rounds before we finally hit one of the boards. So I don't know how tall. I mean, the boards were maybe three feet three, three tall foot. and then maybe two feet one across. One was only like two feet wide yeah. and the other one might have been a little bit wider. Yeah. But the one we ended up hitting was the skinny yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then like you could you could bounce the tennis ball and hit the board; it would count. But there was so mm -hmm. many ruts in the ground, and it was so windy at the top <laughs> of that hill that like it would look like it was going straight right for the board. Yeah. It would hit a dirt pile and bounce off to the side. I got some good like wind sprints in that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the wind was blowing it so crazy. Yeah. And the wind was blowing differently from like where y'all were shooting. <laughs> yeah. And from just from where y'all were shooting and where y'all were set up, I ran out there to shag the balls and like it felt like the wind was blowing in a different direction. Like it was just the wind was just doing crazy things up there. So when we finally got that, then we had the rig right after. And so only one person had to do it. And y'all didn't even bother to try because y'all had so much confidence <laughs> in me. <laughs> We just had that much confidence in you. <laughs> so I, I did it and I made it through my first try. And in the live stream, you can actually hear me grunting to get through that last part and kick myself off because from that day before, for so many people trying getting out of that hole, the, the end of that pit, that water pit was so dug out even more that it was even further that I had to jump to get off of that thing. Yeah, you had to really swing and launch yourself off that pipe. It, it was tough. Now... The the craziest part about this or the hardest part of it for me this weekend was because of NORAM and, you know, in the past episode, we talked about how I got tendonitis in my elbows on the last day. I think that being so recent, my elbows haven't really recovered from it. Mm -hmm. And so after three laps, you know, this is being my third lap with obstacles that that pain showed back up. So after we got done with the um, after I got done doing the rig, probably about. Three to five minutes later, I asked you to take the uh, take the gimbal mm -hmm. because my elbows just started flaring up and they were really painful for quite a while after that. Yeah. So I was running, I was running like that, and like you can see in the video, my arms are just kind of dangling <laughs> as I'm running. <laughs> you could hear me verbally complaining quite a bit, like "Man, this hurts" or whatever. And then uh, later on, I thought about it. And I was like, "Man, Evan." 
killing himself for 48 hours through this. What do I have to complain about? Right. And I think that's something just in life in general is good to remember. You know, yeah. your struggles, what are they in comparison to other people's struggles? Yeah. And there, there's two ways to look at this. One is just saying that how dare you complain when there are people who can barely feed themselves. Right. Exactly. And they're starving day in and day out. Yeah. Now, at the same time, one person's struggles does not necessarily overshine another person's struggles. Right. Everybody has their own struggles. Yes, they are on different scales, but you still have your own struggles. And it's okay to understand that your struggles are, are still important and, and they're, they're not something to be balked at or just washed away. Right. And I think... If you can look at both of those both of those concepts at the same time, you'll find a good balance because it's good to remember, hey, I can fight through this because somebody else out there can fight through something way harder than I'll ever have to fight right. through. But at the same time, it's okay to feel like I'm sad because my parents died or whatever, yeah. you know, like some crazy thing happened in your life and it's it's you don't have to look at it as like, oh, I shouldn't be sad because somebody else has it harder. No, it's okay to be sad and have those emotions. Right. It's okay to feel your emotions. It's okay to go through your struggles. It's okay to work through those kinds of things. But just to understand, also put things in perspective that there are, you know, bigger picture, there are a lot worse things that can, there are a lot worse situations that you can find yourself in. Your your rock bottom may not be another person's rock bottom. Right. And it's almost too, it's almost too conflicting ideas, but I honestly think they work in, in harmony with each yeah. other. Cause it's okay to, it's okay to feel down. It's okay to feel those kinds of things, but it's as long as you don't live there. Yeah. So that was my reminder of a wonderful life lesson during the, <laughs> during the race. During the team race. <laughs> yeah. So then the next team obstacle was, was the big giant piece of plywood that we had to hold up on all four corners. It had uh, two pipes on, you know, pipes on the sides. Oh yeah. That was so fun. Yeah. And it had different little obstacles on it. Yeah. Almost like a, a, a large pinball table. Yeah. And they put a golf ball on it on one side and you had to work it through all the obstacles to get to a hole on the far end. Which in, in some videos of some of the past team races, they didn't have that board in the middle to where you and Daniel were standing on the other side with y'all's end and like we couldn't see where the ball was going on y'all's end. Like we just yeah. kind of had to sit there and wait for it to pop up on our side before we could, you know, maneuver it. So like the trick was to get the ball in this little track and then get it through a hole on our side. But y'all couldn't see where it was on our side. <laughs> so Right. Like think battleship with the divider in the middle. Right. We got through that obstacle pretty quickly, though. Even the volunteers were like, man, y'all did that fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took us a few tries to get it going. But once we got it to y'all's side, it seemed to go pretty smooth. Yeah. And I felt like the uh, the the key to that was everybody, for the most part, everybody hold it still except for one person who's working it. Right. That way you don't have to worry about everybody working against each other on accident. Exactly. So I basically just held still, let Daniel do his thing, and then once it got to y'all's side, y'all did y'all's thing, and mm -hmm. then it worked pretty good. Yeah, because once it got to our side, we had that little green track, like a strip cut out in the board, that pretty mm -hmm. much, if you got it in that and just worked your way down, made the ball 
like roll its way down, it would fall through the hole that we needed it to. So, you know, both times we got it through that. And yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah. And right after that was a giant post that you had to <sighs> unlock based yeah. off of the clue that we got out of the bucket from earlier. Yeah. And that, that clue, ours said snake eyes, and on the lock was letters, not numbers. Yeah. <laughs> and we ended up having to spell out dice. Yeah. So our clue being snake eyes. And so we had to pick up that thing and then carry it through a couple of obstacles, uh, not through Smooth Criminal. We all had to do Smooth Criminal, but we didn't have to carry the thing through it, which would have been near impossible. Yeah. That actually sounds like a lot of fun, to be honest. <laughs> like, how would you even do that? I'm trying to work it out in my mind. Like, maybe put the two by four up on the posts across the scaffolding somehow. I don't know. Yeah, the four by four is what it was. Or a four by four. Yeah, not in two by four. That was- yeah, I'm thinking if you could stretch it across, you could actually use it to help you get across the Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you couldn't let it touch the ground. So. Like a few of us had to sit with the sit with a four by four while. Yeah, it was actually a nice moment to sit and relax because yeah. while y'all were doing the obstacle, I just sat and laid back and uh, relaxed for a moment with the two by two, a four by four in my lap. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun obstacle too. It always, uh, it was it. It almost kind of had like a a triumph feel to it, like a like a dragon's back feel to yeah. it. You know, because the leap from one inverted wall to the other the first ones were pretty close together but then the last one that's the one that got me the first time i tried it i would have gotten through it but i i jumped from too low on the wall like i wasn't up high enough on the wall so that's why whenever i i made the jump like i I landed on the ground so Mm. it took me a few tries but i eventually got it (laughs) Well, it's not a, a crazy hard obstacle, but for whatever reason, I think the sun beating down on those obstacles all weekend yeah. made that paint on them extra slippery. And it felt, I mean, it practically felt like they were wet. Yeah, because I went through, the first time I went through, I went through without my shoes on, without my shoes and socks on. And then, like, just the dust on the bottom of my feet, I was like, okay, this isn't working anymore because the dust is making <laughs> it worse. So I put my shoes and socks back on and I, I, just made it through that way but that was a fun obstacle but yeah the the paint was slippery even with even putting my shoes and socks back on so so then we had to hike up all the way up the hill to the great wall you know the highest point in tulsa county all the way up there with that uh that four by four on our shoulders then we got to put it down at that point and then we had to do the wall as a team and we were able to get up that thing working together because there were no ropes hanging down yeah that was fun getting up that thing that was like on spartan ultimate team challenge like that big wall that they mm-hmm. <laughs> they have to get up that was fun getting up that and daniel's epic little worm move getting <laughs> up the wall yeah his last bit hanging from the end and then to just shimmy himself up yeah and get, <laughs> he did the, the worm to get up the wall that was awesome <laughs> So I think the next team obstacle was the Z-beam, but we all had to be strapped together. Yeah, and that took us a few tries too, but we did that one pretty good, pretty quickly as well. I feel like most of the team obstacles we did pretty pretty quickly and efficiently. Like once, if we couldn't get through it, we were just starting back over again and just trying a different technique. Right, and so we, you know, we tried different order of people. It seemed like Daniel was the one that kept falling off. So we actually ended up putting him in front so that he could get that 
forward glance, you know, where he could see ahead of him and it actually helps your balance when you're looking ahead rather than straight down at your feet. Yeah. And that's what ended up getting us through with him in the front. Yeah. And I think if you're up front and and you have balance issues like that, it almost helps just to like have nothing in front of you. So you're not worried about the person in front of you because we're all strapped together by Mm -hmm. our belts, by our bungee cords. And so like you're not worried as much about how fast the person in front of you is going like am i gonna run into them am i not you know so it almost helps just so you know he he set the pace and he got us through that obstacle very well and then i think from there the next team obstacle was just one of the second to last obstacles right third last yeah because yeah because after that we had that sandbag carry but only one of us had to carry that sandbag that's right so we were able to trade off, which is pretty cool. Right. Cool way to do that. So we went through a few more obstacles like rope swing and uh, sled drag and all that stuff, and then we got back to the back to the festival area. And cliffhanger was there, and then right after that, right after cliffhanger, but before torpedo, they threw in another team obstacle, which was if anybody saw the team race earlier this year, they may have seen it in the live stream where there's a little platform with a piece of wood on the top of it and that piece of plywood uh is like a, a little platform itself you know it's a flat piece of wood and it's got ropes on four sides of it so the ropes stretch out and everybody has a stand at the end of a, a two by six on the ground and they're holding the rope to keep the thing off to keep the piece of wood off of the platform if it touched the platform or if the blocks that you were putting on top of it fell over you had to start over so one at a time, you had to take a block, walk over to, you know, keep your rope tight, but walk over to the platform and put your block on it and stack the blocks up to spell conquer. So you had to start with the R at the bottom and then work your way back up to the C. Yeah. And whoever was putting the first block, you had to go one at a time. And there's little red lines on the on the piece of wood that we're standing on. And so everybody had to be behind that red line before or while that other person was putting their block on the platform, you could only go one at a time. So you really had to communicate on who's holding it tight, who's balancing out, who's balancing it out. And you really had to start going, like go slow and be real careful at the end there. Ours (laughs) ended up falling on our first try on like the last letter. Uh, And then our second try, the freaking wind blew it over. (laughs) Like a big gust came through and knocked it over. (laughs) (laughs) And then we finally got it on that third try. That was tough. Yeah, that was tough. That was, ah, that stupid wind. We would have gotten it on our second try, I think. (laughs) We were so close on our first try. I would have been super impressed if we had gotten it on our first try, but we got really close. Well, nonetheless, we got to the end and and got to Pegatron and, and tried over and over and just none of us could get it. Uh, I know from my between my elbows hurting and just struggling, you know, you're, when you get tired, the, the thing about Pegatron is getting those pegs into those holes takes a lot of fine motor skills. And the more tired you are, the, the less <laughs> fine motor skills you yeah. have. So it makes it extra, extra tough being at the end of the race yeah. and at the end of the weekend when you've already been racing to do that. So. We just didn't have it in us, and uh, you know, we we had a blast despite, and Pegatron got us in the end. <laughs> One thing 
about Pegatron. I made it through pretty much half, almost halfway, and that's like the furthest I've made it through Pegatron. So, and in the past, that would have been yeah. great because they had a block. There, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but now there's just water, and I'm just screwed. But um, <laughs> one thing I didn't like about how they had Pegatron set up was one of the first times that I got on it, and I tried. You know, I was getting my my swing going and everything, and I think. On one of the one of the sides I was on, I was on a different wall, and there was like mud caked into the hole. So whenever I was trying to get my peg out, like it was taking a little bit of force just to pull it out of that of that hole. So I ended up falling, and I was still pretty close to where like the water pit was cut out, and because I was mm-hmm. swinging, you know, I. I, my feet kind of landed on the side of the wall and like, I was like, oh no, I hurt my ankle. Like it, it, it kind of rolled against the wall and it just, it made me very aware of where I was falling off (laughs) of that thing because I'm like, I don't want to hit the side of that thing again. So either I better jump off and land on the ground or swing the other way and land more into the water because I don't want to land anywhere in between. So, yeah, that that made it a little sketchy for me just because I didn't want to hurt myself. Yeah, and that was the inevitability of having it over water. It was very muddy there, and I know I had some of that trouble too. Like, even just there was one hole where it seems like I just couldn't get the peg in it, even though I was on it. It just wouldn't fit through. And we've seen in the past where it's wet and they slip out more easily or it's dry and they slip out more easily. (laughs) So there's just... All kinds of ways that the weather can affect, you know, wood expanding, right? Shrinking, just so, the nature of the wood and water being soaked in, yeah. And, yeah. But it was fun nonetheless, and it was—I mean, it was just as hard as I remembered it. <laughs> it was a blast, and it was hot <sighs> as heck. And the burger that we got from Smashburger oh, was the best thing ever. That was—I don't <laughs> like—I don't know if Smashburger is that good on a regular basis, <laughs> or if we were just so like, oh, I need food. <laughs> Yeah, so another excellent event put on by Conquer Gauntlet for sure. It was excellent. I I have to say the main prizes put on a very good event, like consistently. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think every race event has their own little kinks and own little, you know, little things in the background that they think, you know, they can improve upon, but overall it was it was a really fun weekend. And I know it had to be special for them too because, you know, it was right in their backyard you know, where, where they're yep. based out of. So I know it had to be a really special event. I think it's their biggest race every year. Yeah. You know, it was great seeing everybody and got to give out some OCR talk shirts and had the flag waving the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I plan on taking my, my phone and my gimbal out at more races and doing that live stream, like through a lap again. Cause that was a lot of fun. I think the only people that I was watching was like my wife, <laughs> April and my mom maybe. And you know, a couple of other people here and there. Like Ray and yeah, Nathan. there was a few people <laughs> that popped on here and there, and like Cody and Nathan, and yeah, there was a few people that that hopped on or that caught the video later. But even if it was just April and my mom watching, it was, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was almost like carrying them through the course with me. You know, they couldn't be there to spectate, but they still got to from yeah. home. It was really neat. That was awesome. That was so much fun. You can have it at Savage, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to bring it to the Savage Race coming up in four weeks. So I don't have another race until then. So I'm just going to keep getting some training in, try to get some long runs in these 
next coming weeks. I, I am cutting up the video from the live stream and I'm going to just show, you know, just like snippets of the obstacles yeah. and hopefully have a, you know, five to 10 minute video at the most to, to show that off in a more easily consumable format yeah. <laughs> than, rather than a two and a half hour video. <laughs> yeah. Of course, if you do watch the two and a half hour video, you get to hear all of our good, wonderful jokes. So Yeah, I think <laughs> I'm... <laughs> A burp at one point because I'm drinking noon all throughout the race, <laughs> and I think Daniel rips one somewhere in there. <laughs> like I'm snotting the whole time, hawking loogies, blowing snot rockets. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I know Mike Stefano posted his, you know, his uh, episode from on Monday, and it's got me and April in it. So if you want to hear more about Norram and hear April talk about her first experience with a legit, like, serious course. Go check that out, uh, Obstacle Running Adventures, on Facebook or on Stitcher or iTunes. And struggles of uh, a race wife. It turned out pretty good. And yes, I'm still <laughs> trying to find a good, I want to make a good post for that, obviously. Yeah. But April's got a new Facebook page called Struggles of a Race Wife to relate, you know, to all the people that are out there spectating because it's kind of your own, you know, you take care of things that the, that us racers aren't doing, taking care of the kids and keep making sure everybody's got sunscreen yeah. on <laughs> taking pictures and doing all that stuff. So be sure to check that out. She's got a Facebook page and an Instagram page and we'll post about it for sure on the OCR talk page coming here. Soon. Yeah. Cause Saturday was my first real time spectating. <laughs> and I think I told April this <laughs> later. I was like, stupid me. I don't know how to spectate. So I showed up to the race in flip flops. <laughs> so I couldn't like walk around the course <laughs> and and get good video of all the obstacles because like I'm in flip flops. What was I thinking? Like I'm stupid. I don't yeah. know how to spectate. <laughs> and get some tips from her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So yeah, uh, no races for me until Savage here in Dallas in four weeks. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I don't have anything until Savage. I'm just gonna refocus and train a little bit more. Okay. Are you gonna are you gonna do uh more than one lap? Um, I'm thinking about it. Maybe just I mean, I'm not officially signed up for another lap. I'm just signed up for the for the like the competitive wave or whatever. Yeah, but they're they're cool about it. Yeah. Like, they're kinda like Conqueror Gauntlet. Like as long as you don't take another medal at the end, right. they're fine with you running through again. So Yeah, so I might I might run through, so you need to run through a second lap with me so that you can take the camera whenever my elbows blow yeah, up. Yeah, there you go. I'll do that. I'll be on camera duty. I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, and I'll I'll need to get more miles in anyway, so I'll totally be down for a second lap. Yeah, that'd be cool. Are you staying for Blitz the next day? I want to. A couple of my running friends. Okay, so they're trying to. You've heard of Nike's Breaking Two, right? The um, yeah, they're trying to break a two-hour marathon. But that's like a single runner. But mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so we're putting together this stupid thing at this at our track here in Lafayette. And <laughs> it's just one of those crazy ideas you come up with with all your running friends. We're going to try <laughs> to break two, but run it like a relay. And oh. so we've figured out like how fast you have to run each 200 meters because we're going to do it 200 meters at a time. So, okay, like, so you can yeah. really, really go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're going to try and do a marathon around a track, which is going to be painful. But we're going to try and break a two-hour marathon running around a track. That's cool. When are y'all planning on doing it? The day that? after Savage. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, my my friends in my running group are like, yeah, you can totally come back to Laviet and and sprint two hundred <laughs> meters at a time. So yeah, they're trying to talk me into that. I need new friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds cool though. Please, uh, you know, if you if you do do it, let us know. Uh, let us know how. It yeah, goes. I I almost kind of want to go out there just to like just to maybe do a couple laps and like get some inside scoop on like how things are going. Anything else? I think that's it. That's about as exciting as my life gets. <laughs> cool medals, cool shirts, team race shirts. Uh, I don't know if I like it as much as last year. Last year's was supreme, but I think uh, this year's was pretty good too. Conquer the Gauntlet always has good shirts, though. I really like their race shirts. They're the shirts that I looked at to see what what brand is this, so I know which uh, brand to get for those here. Talk yeah, shirts because they're super soft. Yep, next level's the 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 one. They're the winner. Yep. Actually, I I saw like in my closet. I was like, "Oh, these are all my favorite race shirts. What kind of these?" And they all turned out to be next nice. level. So that's what I went with. All right. Well, Anna, have a good evening, and thank you everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And you know, if you get a chance to check out those live streams, let us know what you thought about it. It was fun. I'd love to get some input and see if we should do it more often. Yeah, those live streams were fun. So. Everybody give us your feedback. Let us know if y'all would like to see something more or if y'all want us to cover something at these races, anything specific. Just let us know. Yep. Follow, listen, and talk. Be cool. Don't don't put your own struggles ahead of other people's, but don't forget that your struggles are okay. And stay hydrated. Stay out of the heat somehow. <laughs> All, right. All right. Take it easy, Anna. All right, you Declan, you want to say hello? No. Bye.